When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Great, Josh. This is going to be the final strategy podcast of the season. Just two two game weeks yeah. are going to come at us before we next pod and do our recap of the season. So this is genuinely our last chance to spread our strategic advice across the interwebs. Yeah. Did you find yourself getting getting a, like a little? I, it's, I feel like the last few weeks I've, I've been in this kind of mode where I'm just like, all right, like let's let's. Let's get to the finish line. Like a lot of the cancellations and the rescheduling and the triple game weeks. It's just like I'm like okay, I'm like ready for a, you know a break for sure. And then uh, just yesterday, I was like, wait, this is the last Saturday of matches until until August, you know. Yeah. And I suddenly felt myself getting a little <laughs> sad about yeah. you know. It's like yeah, so it's of course. I mean, you know, it's just like how this how these how this stuff works, you know, you're, you're hooked, but, um, I don't know. How are you feeling now that we're, we're basically, we're done. Like we've got, um, you know, I guess, I guess we only have a, what, a month to three match days left, right? You have yeah. gimmick 37 on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, you know, obviously gimmick 38 will be next Sunday. I guess I'm feeling, I'm feeling better than I was say a month ago. And that's probably helped by the fact that I'm on two green arrows in a row. And so to mm-hmm. be finishing the season on that, on that upward trajectory is good. Um, and also there were just, there were so many joyful things that happened this week that were not FPL related. Mm -hmm. We, we can talk about the Allison goal to end that Liverpool West Mm -hmm. Brom match. We can talk about Leicester winning the FA cup and and then fans are going to be back in the stadiums for the next two matches coming up. So I feel like there's just, 
suddenly I'm buoyed by some positive energy and that's good. Yeah. Me, me too. You know, I went to, um, I, it's my, my birthday weekend and, um, I don't know if anyone, uh, has ever, you know, anyone who's like in their thirties with kids, if you're looking for a great birthday idea, uh, do what I did, which is, um, my wife got me a night at a hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. uh I live in Brooklyn and so I stayed in Manhattan for, for the night. And so I basically had a day to myself, uh, in Manhattan to do whatever I wanted. And so, uh, what did I do? I went to the football factory, which is this, uh, this, this bar in Midtown, um, this kind of massive, uh, you know, as we say in the United States, a massive soccer bar. And, uh, I, I went there and it was at like pretty much full capacity mm-hmm. and it was great. And it was just like the way I, I always think of myself as being sort of the antisocial guy in the corner with, with this kind of stuff. Uh, but there was something about all the, you know, 20,000 fans in the stands. Um, and you really felt it watching the match. It was, you could, you know, just it added a level of energy and excitement and the being around all these other people too. I ended up striking up conversations with people around me and sort of talking and, and, you know, drinking way too much at, you know, for noon on a, on a, on a Saturday. And it was just great. I I was so happy. And, um, you know, it was, it was so fitting. I feel like that, that the final match without fans, uh, was this, um, Everton Sheffield United match today. Like a match where does, there's just no way that Sheffield wins that match one nil if there are fans in the stand. That just to me was like a classic, like, let's get out of here. You know, it's Sunday night. We've got nothing like no one really has anything to play for. Let's just let's just, you know, be done with it. And I, I think, you know, if you had a bunch of supporters there, I think that would change the energy a little bit. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, having supporters for these final two game weeks. And I I think it you know could have some real fantasy implications, too. And so that's um you know, basically this podcast, we're going to do a dual preview of gaming 37 and gaming 38 because they come, you know, as I just said, very quickly, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sunday, they're all kind of together. Um, so we're going to talk about all of those things. We're going to answer seven key questions just because I thought five felt boring and cliche. So seven key questions, Brandon, going into, uh, gaming 37 and 38, just before we do though, a uh, couple things. One, is score check time mm-hmm. you said you're on two green arrows how are you you know how, how are you feeling about your team after after game week 36 well it was a it was a roller coaster ride so i took a hit going into the deadline minus four and i brought in harry kane for jamie vardy good decision i brought in phil foden for james madison bad decision so the yep. first the first match of the game week being uh newcastle hosting manchester city i was upset i was aggrieved so much so that i immediately took a rage hit which i almost never wow. do and i there were there were also price predictions that were happening that night and i just thought i i've lost control i was in a bit of a tailspin so i'm already on a minus yeah. eight going into the game week 37 deadline all that said and <laughs> wow. we can get to that later <laughs> we can get to that later the game week sort of balanced out after the whole issue with, uh, uh, and and a shout out to our friend James who played his wild card going into this week and brought in Ederson, Foden, and Mares, none of which saw a single minute in that Newcastle match. So city rotation was was a huge headache. But the fact that I had originally planned to bring in Rafinha and I got scared because of the BL suppressor and like, is he going to start or mm-hmm. isn't he going to start? um added to that it put put salt in the wound right so that's kind of what led to that the the rage moves there so um but but it did even out at the end of the game week i mean bringing in harry kane was helpful captaining mosala was good so i landed on 56 points 52 net with that 
transfer hit and a uh, small green arrow to bring me up to 217k so uh the race to 100k is on right now um so yeah, so that, yeah at least sub 200 right for sure yeah precisely precisely how about you how was your week josh well, it, you know, it was funny because um, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I could not believe that Foden didn't start for one thing. I, I was when we, you and I did our, our locker room conversation on Friday, and I was, I was pushing for the Foden move because I just felt like, uh, why would he not start again? It just, you know, it felt very. I guess Pep's got some plan for, for you know, how he's going to line things up, you know, uh, leading up to the Champions League final or something. But um, it was a real wild match too, uh, just kind of crazy match. Um, but, um, you know, in the end, I mean, just the fact that you had Kane was meant you scored more points than I did because I brought in uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and, and Son and I got uh, five points uh, for my minus four. Right. So mm-hmm. a plus one net. <laughs> um, and, you know, so just kind of pointless. And now I don't have Kane, you know, and so I'm feeling a little um, a little worried uh, about these final two weeks. Uh, he feels like the one player who could really hurt me. and He, he kind of already has. Um, so. Um, yeah, I'm, but you know, I mean, ultimately I finished on 51 points, uh, I guess with the minus four, it's, it's more like 47, uh, Jota didn't play. I didn't have anyone to bring on for him. Um, but on the end, I actually only dropped 300 spots. I was 2,500 overall going into, uh, gave me 36 and I, I leave it at 2,847. So, you know, pretty much, uh, pretty close to exactly where I started, you know, so that I, I you know, didn't feel that that worrisome it was uh, like the, the battle of the psalm for you josh where uh there were a lot of casualties but the actual line uh, uh for the combat didn't actually move one way or another yeah it pretty much yeah exactly the, the lines are still roughly uh drawn as, as they were before um i you know i think um there was a comment here from uh uga booga he says the uh, season is almost done and i haven't made fantasy fun again help and I, I feel like this was an, another reminder, Brandon, that um, make fantasy fun again is a um, it's something to aspire to. It is <laughs> yeah. not something that uh, can can be, uh, you know, like I, I do. I struggle to make fantasy fun again. You know, it's mm-hmm. so even when I have like a small red arrow, I'm just like, ah, like, you know, it's like I really I, I don't take it in stride uh, the way that I should, you know. So uh, but I, I'm feeling I'm feeling about as well um, as I could uh, for, you know, for being on a red arrow. It feels pretty feels pretty neutral. So um, but I'm just I'm just glad it's over. I'm glad that the blanks, you know, the blank game weeks are done. I'm glad that, you know, these final two weeks, they, I don't think there's even a lot of chips left out there. I, I, I'm sure there are a couple people out there who are listening who've got a triple captain or a free hit or something. But it feels like you've kind of like you've had all these chances to use it. You know, I, I don't even know what the percentage left is, but I, I feel like some people just might not use it at all. Right. At this point, uh, if you haven't used it already. Yeah. Now the, now the chips kind of become an albatross where you're like, well, now I have to use them. And I mean, I guess there's no mm-hmm. way for a triple captain or a bench boost to, to hurt you a free hit at this point. I might actually be scared of, uh, especially if <laughs> yeah. you're talking about game week totally. 38, where rotation is, is, is kind of off the charts. Yeah. But I was thinking about totally. Uga Booga's question, like, what, how else could you make the, uh, I'm, I'm like recording like in, in the wilderness right now. So you can hear all sorts of nature sounds and also somebody on a motorcycle and that's fine. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of specific ways that I could make the rest of the season fun. If you've struggled like Uga Booga to make it fun. And I thought of two things. One, you just have to bring in a random player who is going to make it fun for you to watch. And that is probably mm-hmm. not ultimately good. It's probably not a good thing for your fantasy team, but right. there's nothing to me. Uh, there is, there is inherent fun in watching a player who you like. 
So bring them into your fantasy team. The other thing is, if you're in a mini league, target somebody close to you in your mini league. I just started um, sending trash talk emails to a friend of mine who was kind of with me in mid-table. And now it is all about me overtaking the five-point gap that separates us. And that is a very achievable, fun goal that I can set my sights on for the the next two weeks. So, you know, you just have to, you just have to move the targets. All right. Well, you got to tell me now, what is this minus eight? What, what moves? I I won't, you know, I won't, uh, we we don't have to get into them, but I'm just curious. What, what what was your MFFA uh, three move minus eight that you took on Friday? Oh, I I would not suggest that I brought in players like I, that um, were going to be fun. Like I'd actually brought in players who I just felt I should have had in the first place. Uh-huh. And I, I brought okay. in Rafinha, Bamford and Calvert Lewin, Ollie Watkins, Ianacho gone. And also uh, who was the midfielder who I dropped? Um, wow. That, that, that's a great question. Who I, who I dropped. I have to go. <laughs> it's like, Oh, oh Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gilfie okay. Sigurdsson. Yeah. Oh, so you, so you kept Foden then. You're, I did keep Foden. With him. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah okay. I, it, it worked out money wise. Uh, and Sigurdsson is okay. worth more than Foden. So I think yeah. I'm actually still going to start Foden going into game week 37. Sure. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, I but, mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So that was it. I, I, I kind of, I, I was feeling very FOMO not having DCL and I wanted to catch that price rise. And it seems like kind of a stupid minus four at this point for DCL, just given how crummy I think that their fixture is in game week 38 at the Etihad. But, you know, miracles do happen in the last game week of the season. Bamford, I just love Leeds' fixtures and um, for the rest of the season. So him plus Rafinha, just that actually genuinely does feel fun to me. Yeah, uh, Rafinha, we'll, we'll be talking about in a minute uh, now that we have this uh this Diego Jota, Diogo Jota news that broke. Um, it feels like it's the season of the of the late breaking injury. You know, I feel like we're we're just constantly finding out about, uh, you know, like as match day rolls out that some player is out for the season or out for you know six months or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like that is a question that that a lot of people are, are debating, and it's one that I'm seriously thinking about as well. So, um, let's get into um, the questions then. But we. Often we, when we record this podcast, we're doing it, be, you know, there have been so many Monday matches this season. So we haven't always had a chance to read off the OSG and Super League. So going into Game Week 38, here is the 37, top 10 going into Game OSG. Week 37. Oh, excuse me. That's right. We have to, yeah. I'm like, I'm already, I've got my head, I've been brains <laughs> on 38 already. Yeah. Uh, going into Game Week 37, um, here's what we've got. Okay. In 10th, it's our, our Patreon supporter, Brandon Zoltan Vago. All right. Tied for eighth is a, a genuinely I'm, I'm I have to say an unpronounceable name. I'm really I'm sorry. Uh, if you go to if you go, go I think that's Cyrillic, League, maybe. Uh, I think it's Cyrillic as well. So I'm not even going to try. And I'm sorry to this person with a very long Cyrillic name. We respect um, you. We respect you. Uh, in eighth is Ewan Miller. In seventh is Hazik Zahin. In sixth is Johan Loken. I, I feel like I, I do like how international. Our, our our super league clearly is branded. I, I really like that about. And unless these are all Americans, you know, and they're I don't know. Uh, and in uh, uh, we know that's not true. In in fifth is uh, Ross Jenkinson. In fourth is Matt Carvel. In third is Finn Solly. In third, actually no, excuse me, tie for second is Finn Solly and Arkadas. And then in first is Vigard Knudsen. 
And uh, just a fun note, Brandon, the top four people in the Iowa Michigan Super League are all in the top 100 in the world. That's incredible. So, uh, yeah, really, really very, very cool and, and, and exciting. So, um, yeah, so that is uh, that's the Super League. Uh, good luck to everyone in that league with just two weeks left to go. Um, a couple more quick things. Uh, first is uh, just a quick shout out to the Always Cheating FPL gift shop. We don't talk about it often on there, but if you go to alwayscheating.com, we have a gift shop there. So if you are the manager of your mini league or maybe you're about to win your mini league or something, uh, we've got T-shirts and hats and mugs and all kinds of fun fantasy related stuff uh in there much of it related to our own podcast uh so you can you can go and check that out uh we also at at fpl merch brandon one of our patreon supporters a producer uh, and uh, yeah, a producer exactly well a long time uh friend of the podcast uh he is uh he also has like more sort of like standard customizable fantasy mugs that you can order mm-hmm. um and uh, those are really cool and, and slick and I, I actually have one uh myself as, as do you i believe um, yeah and so, what, what's uh, cool about his mugs is they actually kind of they they can mark this what kind of rank you had for that particular season. So if you had a fantastic yeah. season, get one of these mugs to commemorate it. You'll never forget your 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 wife or your children will never forget children every yep. time when you're drinking your coffee, they'll say, Hey, you were you had a really good season that season, didn't you? Uh, and uh, why? And then, of course, the Patreon League, too. Uh, we've talked about it for a long time now uh but if you want to support the podcast uh uh, if you win and you're just buzzing and excited, you want to talk to people on the Slack, uh, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. Brandon, this last cheater standing league uh, that we're doing the Slack, I I, I feel um, so left out right now. It feels like they're all <laughs> yeah. there is just I really the, the thing I love about the Slack is it really is it's become its own kind of universe and to the point where I, I almost like I feel like I don't even know what's happening, you know, but in a way that really excites me. So. It's so funny that, every, that all, all the supporters agree the last cheater standing league is the best thing going and we don't even know about it. So it's, it's kind of funny. We, yeah. we, we, gonna, we made this exactly. thing and now we're being left, left <laughs> out. Yeah, we got invited to the private channel finally uh, on Friday. So uh, but you get an extra podcast each week. If you befriend the right people, I guess you get access to the <laughs> private Slack channels uh, and uh, you can get a make fan. Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt at the uh, at the two um, uh, top tiers. Uh, and then you get the Weekend Review newsletter as well. So let's take a break, get back, and we'll talk about Game Week 37 and 38. All right, Brian, we're back. As noted multiple times already, mm-hmm. uh, Game Week 37 kicks off on Tuesday. Uh, it matches on Tuesday and Wednesday, which would be kind of fun because even though I'll be at work and I think I've got meetings like the entire stretch, mm-hmm. I, basically Game Week 37 is going to be like one long meeting for me. Very annoyingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Game Week 37 ends on Wednesday and uh, we'll have matches on at the same time, which will be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, and then Game Week uh, 38 is on Sunday and uh, you and I are planning to go over the Black Horse. You're coming back down from your, your, yeah. uh, your upstate home. Your, your retreat, <laughs> your semi-permanent retreat. Yeah. Uh, you're coming, you're coming down, and uh, so we're going to be there on Sunday, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, so you know, big big questions here. I mean, obviously, we're we're really in the stretch run here. I am, uh, I I I am actually feeling a little bit of pressure and stress, uh, which is the first time I felt that way almost the entire season. Uh, I, I it's actually very reminiscent of how I felt a couple of years ago when uh, when I was in the top one K going on the stretch, and I was sort of like just going along having fun and then like with two weeks left to go i started to like 
hit the panic button a little bit, you know? Yeah, and, t- talk to me a little bit more yeah. about that because having podcasted with you, as I do all season, every season, uh, I haven't yeah. picked up a hint from you that I think it's because it's been relatively all good news for you this season. So it, <laughs> yeah. you, you haven't really had to hit the panic button, no. but you, you've been relatively calm uh, this in, entire time. So now suddenly yeah. it's dawning on you like what you could lose as opposed to what you could gain. I think so. I mean, I, you know, it's just like yeah. a few different things like, uh, and I, I don't want to get too in my own team, but I mean, like, I, th- I think the, the, the feelings are universal, even, even, even if these circumstances are specific, right? Like I, I want to, I'm in a bunch of mini leagues that I have a really good chance of winning and I want to win them, you know? And, uh, but I'll, you know, it's actually, it's quite tight in a bunch of them, you know, like to like within 15 points or so, um, in, in many of them. And, uh, and I'm also um, I'm in this uh, the qualifier league for the the generals elite 64. Uh, and I really I really want to make that. I want to mm-hmm. get into uh, the elite 64 next season. So I am I which I think I I think I, I think I mean, I have a good chance. I'm in third place right now. I, I, I don't know that I would be able to drop. I'd have to do really poorly to drop out of it, but still, I am like that's like very. You just jinxed your jinxed yourself right there. I really did. I know. I'm just like it's like stressing <laughs> me out a little bit. So, it's, but it's like it's putting me in a position where I feel like I'm getting more conservative, and I'm like I'm stopping. Yeah. It's like this is like this is the problem that I think other people have too, which is that you start to consolidate, but I think you can go too far with it. Like I think you know, in a normal week, I think I would have brought in Gareth Bale and sort of Son this week. Right. Because that's just a slightly more fun, more like high upside kind of move. Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't even think about it now. Right. Because I was just thinking son has a higher ownership. It's going to hurt me more if he does anything. I had got to bring him in instead. And and maybe, you know, um, it's easy to say now that son blanked that that it was the wrong move. But um, but it wasn't the way I had been playing most of the season, you know, and so I, yeah. I, I don't want to do that. And I have a real strong mm-hmm. memory uh, two seasons ago where I was, you know, going into the, the final two weeks, I think I was around, I, I think it was like 555 or something like that. I was really, it was the highest I'd, I'd ever been. And uh, I really, um, going into Game Week 38, I was really nervous and I really wanted to stay in the top 1K. And I, what, the player I wanted to captain in Game Week 38 was Sadio Mane. And the player that I ended up captaining was Sergio Aguero. And the reason I did it is because I knew a lot of other people were going to be captaining Sergio Aguero. And so I, I captained him out of like fear, really, yeah. honestly, you know, just like that. And, and I, I hate to play that way. And I don't, that, that to me, it's like, it's like the opposite of MFFA, right? It's yeah. like, I, it's just not the way you want to play. And I also don't think that like, I, I, you know, I just feel like I've gotten this. I mean, I'm sure other people who are having good seasons feel this way too. Like, Maybe not across the board, but I, you know, I feel like I, I've gotten this far by like just trusting my instincts, really. You know, yeah. and it's like you don't abandon that feeling down the stretch just to be just to be safe. You know, um, so anyway, so I, I feel like this is this is like what I I think, and I think we'll get into this with some of these questions. But what what's hanging over me as 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 we go into these final two two game weeks is um, who's gonna like who's gonna hurt me that I don't have. You know, like who's the player who who could like really do damage, who could mess up my rank, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and it's not even necessarily that I want to like bring them in, but I, I guess like I want to know, yeah. <laughs> I want to know who my enemy is, you know, so this isn't <laughs> even one of the questions, but I'm, I'm going to add this as a bonus question. So looking at game weeks 37 and 30, we've got the fixers in front of us here. We've yeah. got the, uh, the season ticker and all that stuff. Um, which players do you not have in your squad right now that you're like a little like worried about going into the stretch? I guess it is. Is it sun? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean the, the Spurs fixtures 
aren't super appealing with Aston Villa and then Leicester. So I think I'm yeah. good with just having Harry Kane. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I just got my full allotment of Leeds players and I feel like they mm-hmm. probably have the best sort of attacking, uh, yeah. prospects for, for the run in. I think Rafinha Maybe. is definitely one of those, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, he's a player I don't have who I really would like to have. I guess Manchester United have a lot of interesting players where it could be Rashford, it could be Cavani, it could be Greenwood. But I don't think at this point the ownership, particularly in like the top 250K, would be high enough on those non-Bruno Manchester United assets where I would have to fear them. So I think that Mm -hmm. kind of goes back to my dramatic minus eight that I just took was getting in perhaps players that I wanted and um, uh, subconsciously it was because I was afraid of not having them. So I, I can't think of any other players that yeah. that I'm fearful of. Well, I think, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, if, if and I, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, and even someone like Rafinha, I mean, it's not like, uh, I, you know, he's not like, I mean, you know, Kane is the obvious one. I talked about him already, you know, and, um, but outside of him, I, I don't think there are that many really. And I, I think maybe if you, if you um, put like, you know, if you really think, I guess the, like, if you think through what that means, it means that the players who could hurt you are players who are kind of random, yeah. right? And sort of right. hard, hard to predict. So in some ways, maybe that means you shouldn't stress about it. And the way mm-hmm. I read that is there is so much opportunity in the next two weeks mm-hmm. because an opportunity in a random system might not feel like opportunity, but if you're chasing, if you want to have a fun pick, if you want to do something unconventional, because exactly what we're saying, um, there are no uh, major assets that you're probably without. There's just so much opportunity for you to do something a little different than what your other competitors might be doing. Uh, and yeah. I, we're going to talk a little bit about how we can do that with cap- captaincy in a bit, too. Yeah, and I, I like the way that you frame that because that that is a more positive way to look at it. It sort of it opens the door to some creative transfers. I, I was sort of thinking about it in the other way, which is like an emotional, right. like uh, like that's like don't you shouldn't worry about it too much because it's really hard to predict who those players even be. So there's no point in like trying to like cover them exactly, you know, because it's just it's just too hard to pull off. I've been trying to figure out if there's a way that I could get Kane um, in that that like. Like if I didn't replace Jota this week, is there some way to do it? And it just it like it really doesn't work, you know, mm-hmm. unless and like unless I drop Bruno basically, um, or like take a minus eight or something, which I which I you know have no interest in <laughs> hey, doing. Who would be so, so? Who would be so crazy? I can't believe you did that. I I can't remember you ever making a rage minus eight. I have yeah, to say, yeah. I, I could spend the whole podcast talking about that. But let's let's. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so one thing, and I, this is so this is like the first the first of our seven questions. I'm going to drop down to. Um, question number three here, which is um, because I think it gets into this question of of, of uh, players who I, I suppose you could frame it as players you want to target or players who could hurt you. Um, and uh, the question is, is Man City rotation solvable? How about Man United? How about Chelsea? We have seen a lot of rotation with all three of those teams and Man City being sort of I mean, Chelsea, too, but they're just less important fantasy wise. But I, yeah. I, I feel like Man City have really um have really rotated heavily um, down the stretch here. And it, it makes it really hard to figure out who you should have, uh, you know, from, from, from that, from that squad, you know? Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you think about Man City's rotation going into 37, I guess, to start with that one? 
Before we started recording, I was on Twitter and I saw this thread from Anna Woodbury. I think her name is. Uh, uh, so check out this thread on Twitter where she was outlining what Pep's rotation of his Barcelona squad was during the two seasons mm. in which he won the Champions League with his Barcelona squad. Now, and Anna actually adds these caveats in like this was years and years ago and it's a different club. It's a different squad. So is it apples and oranges? But what she did learn was Pep basically rested his entire starting 11 for roughly, you know, two weeks prior to the Champions League final with, you know, certain certain big names getting minutes here or there. So it looks pretty bleak as far as major city assets go uh, heading into game weeks 37 and 38. So I, I do feel like the one week that we could target if would be game week 37 because at least if if pep wants to play whoever might he might want to start in the champions league final playing him against brighton in 37 probably a less high octane match than it would be in game week uh, 38 and it will allow much more time for rest and if you think about players like foden like de bruyne uh and Mares in particular, uh, who were, was heavily transferred in going into 36. I think you do have to start them if you have them going into 37. As far as targeting Manchester City and trying to predict that rotation, I, I just can't underline enough the feeling I had when that team sheet came out against Newcastle to start 36. I had just brought in Foden. I just, just brought Foden in like 30 minutes prior to this team sheet coming out. And I kind of sat back in my chair and I was like, Oh, right. Like you, if it's like, it's like Omar in the wire, like you step to the King, um, you best not miss. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I, you, For him to not even play a minute that, that it was like, it, it just, it was, I mean, you just laid out uh, what Pep has done in the past, but I, I was still surprised. I have to say, yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like it's a game that's a little too dangerous to play, and I think by because of COVID, because it's been such an odd season, I feel like it's been harder for us to find a certain rhythm with Pep's squad mm-hmm. rotation. I think he's probably struggled too. I also remember before the, I think it was the Fulham match. Chelsea Fulham and Tuchel was talking about his starting 11 and the interviewer says Tuchel uh you've made seven changes to your starting 11 for Fulham like that that seems like a lot and Tuchel looks at the interviewer like really seven changes was it that many that is a lot it was like even he didn't realize how much he was rotating the squad yeah and I mean it's crazy to me that Chelsea could be in a position where they are not in the Champions League next year. Like, that they could make the Champions League final, make the FA Cup final, um, you know, uh, be kind of right there, uh, kind of in the driver's seat, really, until that Arsenal match. And and it's not inconceivable at all, right? I mean, basically, uh, Leicester have to find a way to get a point, um, you know, when they play this, this week. And if that yeah. happens, then then there's a pretty decent chance that, that you know... I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, it seems that Liverpool win their final two matches, but I, I think they... I think they probably will. I mean, yeah. I wonder if some of the pressure's off now after that, you know, crazy West Brom Andy. I suspect. I suspect it is. Yeah. I think that the wind is blowing in favor of Liverpool right now. And then it's just a question of is it are Leicester or or Chelsea gonna buckle and 
Chelsea have had a lot of their problem is like it's similar to Fulham. Like they have had a lot of trouble scoring. It was like when Tuchel came in, it was the, you know, Tuchel has emulated his career on Scotty Parker. I don't know if you know this, but he knew when he came and and, and took over that Lampard squad, he's like, I've got to solidify the defense first. You know, I look at what they're doing across the road there at Craven Cottage. Sure. And, course, uh, yeah. but, but no, seriously, Chelsea just, they, they struggle to score goals. And, I, I I think if Chelsea fail to qualify for the Champions League, you just have to look to that fact and that fact alone that uh, they 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 just didn't score enough goals to get themselves over the finish line. So, Man City, I'm I'm avoiding Chelsea. I'm avoiding. Um, you know, the problem with Man City is even if you feel like you can guess who they're going to start in game week 37, it's not an easy fixture. Uh, I think we, I, I think we're, you know, if, if there was any doubt before, I, I think it's, it's been really put to rest the last couple of months. It, it is very difficult to go to the Amex and yeah. win. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was a really very, very late goal, um, outside the 18 yard box, I think from, um, from Ben Rama, you know, right at the end yeah. of that. Uh, game yesterday. Otherwise, uh, and that was with, that was with them down two of their starting defenders. Like that's how that's how strong their system is. So I think with mm-hmm. Lewis dunk back, then it's not like I, I mean I, I'm sure Man City will win that match, but I, I don't see that being like a, a five nil thrashing or something. I think that's like a two nil or. And additionally, I don't think it's going to be a priority for City to go out there and thrash Brighton. Right. So, right. Um, I mean, that's right. another case to be made for you know if you if you get the the leaked team sheet for whatever reason and you want to play. Mahrez, it just doesn't strike me as a match in which City are going to set out to to score a lot of yeah. goals. They'll just want to keep a tempo, um, you know, get some get some mileage in their legs ahead of ahead of the trophy that they actually yeah. have to win. I think Man United are a more interesting case. Uh, they're the team that that really they really haven't rotated very much. They you know have gotten a little bit of extra rest, although. Really, they played on Thursday of last week, so it's it's hardly rest. I mean, right? They've only played, you know, they they have twenty four additional hours that you know, like compared to Man City and Newcastle, right? Like it's you know, sort of, you know, game week thirty five just kind of blittered into game week thirty six. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that we'll see something like a full strength squad at home for game week thirty seven for Man United, and I think that Greenwood. Uh, we'll talk about Jota replacements in just a second here, but I think Greenwood is is a is a real target there. However, I think even more than Chelsea and Man City, I think game week 38 could really be um, a worrisome match uh, fantasy wise because they it's you know, they matches on Sunday. The Europa League final is like three days later. Yeah. I, I think it's I believe it's on Wednesday. It could be on Thursday, but maybe it's either way, Wednesday or Thursday. I'll look it up um, while you while play, you talk, Josh. OK, great. Right. So. I mean, and they, and they play away to Wolves. It's it's not like it's a you know super important match. They're they're pretty locked into the Champions League spots now too. Especially if they if they beat Fulham on and uh, on Tuesday, then I don't think there's any chance they could miss out on a Champions League spot. Um, it is Wednesday, then, by the way. It is Wednesday. I, I thought so because yeah. the Europa League games are on Thursday, but I think like the final is usually on Wednesday. So, um, right. So they you know three days after that they play in a in a European Cup final. Right. I mean, I know it's not the Champions League final, but it's it's a European Cup final. Like, uh, I'm sure he's going to want to put out yeah. a strong squad and win that match. And so, yeah, you know, these played, these these trophies yeah. do come with with purses, with money. It's not like it's right. not like the executives are like, you know, we've got plenty of trophies in the cabinet. No, they're like, hey, this would actually be really great for the budget if you could go out there and win it, please. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it's a, it's a prestige. I mean, you know, I, I think like you don't have to be. 
like we've talked about, you know, the Fulham UEFA Cup run, you know, 10 years ago. But I think anybody, I think if you win a European Cup, it's it's important. And so, um, you know, I, I really stung when Arsenal um, lost uh, the Europe League a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was to Chelsea. Um, and, you know, so I think that they're really going to go for it. Um, of course, Unai Emery is back now in the Europa League final uh, with, the, with the new club. <laughs> oh, um, hilariously. Uh, so... I, I think that it's uh, Bruno, I suspect, will at least start in game week 38. Um, the one move I would consider would be to drop Bruno to fund a Kane move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just like, ugh, like is that, that just feels like 40 <laughs> chess, though, right? It's mm-hmm. like I'm overthinking it. But I think Luke Shaw is the one that I'd be most worried about for game week 38. I think that if you have Luke Shaw, I, I wonder if if that is a match where he gets rested, because uh, again, it, it, what, what makes things complicated is that game week 37 is taking place Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Right. So you're in a position where they would be playing three matches in eight days. Yeah. Typically, you know, in a situation like that, especially when game week 38, it's going to be effectively meaningless for them. And we just um, saw this I, with Manchester yeah. United last game week where right. they had their triple right. game week right. and we had to deal with all that rotation. So we've seen it in, yeah. in action so recently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're going to, like, write, like, depending on how the things shake out, like, they're going to write stories later about what, what I mean, like, the, that protest that, that canceled the 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 Man United-Liverpool match, like, maybe gave Liverpool a Champions League spot, I mean, is, is how it may end up shaking out, right? Yeah. Because Leicester ended up going there and, and, and winning uh, at Old Trafford um, against, like, a, a complete backup yeah. squad, basically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then they kind of like trotted another team out to play Liverpool a couple of days later. But even then it was like, there was just weird energy at that point. Right. It was mm-hmm. like, it was just weird. It was a third match in a week, even if the other guys hadn't played, it was just a, like weird energy. So, um, so you know, that's the, the one thing I, I will say is that I think there's a chance that, um, they do play something like a full strength squad, a full strength squad away in gaming 38, because, um, I, I wonder what, like how they feel about their momentum right now, having lost their last two matches, right? And if the, yeah. if the Fulham matches, if, if that match is tight, you know, if it's just a one nil and they kind of just scrape it out, I wonder if they feel like, okay, we need to like get our, recover our form a little mm-hmm. bit uh, before this final. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, I would be less worried about yeah. them than I am about the other I'm with two. you on the Shaw issue though, because there is no perfect replacement for Shaw in that fullback position right now and he would be the one key player that Ole would look to protect the most so yeah i i think you're right there yeah yeah and tell us like did fine uh when he when he filled in for for him in the in the luster match so i i think i don't know why yeah i, I think that there's a really good chance Shaw does not play in that in that wolves match in, in game week 38 i hope he plays in 37 earliest home to Home to Fulham. Um, so let's get to the uh, the big question. I, th- I feel like uh, I got asked this question in a bunch of different um, ways, but I, I picked meals because it was the simplest. And it was just, who is the best Jota replacement? We found out that Jota has this foot injury. We found it out minutes before uh, <laughs> kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have Jota. You're a little, you're lucky in that regard. You, 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 you dodged that bullet. For once uh, this season. For once, yeah. So... You know, let's say let's say you did though, Brandon. Um, you know, yeah. his price tag is you know whatever. I mean, you know, it's kind of depends on where you bought him at, but let's it's around seven million. Um, and you know, so like kind of looking maybe in that five million to eight million range, save some money in the bank. You know, who do you think are the are the replacements that you know that are worth targeting? Okay, so I've talked about Leeds. Their their final two fixtures of the season are away Southampton and then home West Brom. 
they will play in for the first time in front of their fans in the Premier League in eons. This will be a, a massive deal this coming Sunday, I think, at Allen Road. And you just saw them put four goals uh, up against Burnley. And the fact that Rafinha starts and he plays like the magical number of minutes, like 70 plus, where what that says to me is Bielsa is honestly really not that concerned about whatever lingering issues Rafinha may have. The caveat here, or the other thing that we have to think about, is that Burnley match was the Jack Harrison game. Is it are one or two Jack Harrison performances this season enough to convince you to go Harrison over Rafinha? And if you look at their their tallies on the season, Jack Harrison is on eight goals and nine assists, and Rafinha is on just six goals and nine assists. Now, I I think that there will be some people out there who will say, well, just look at the numbers, the FPL numbers. Why wouldn't you consider Harrison? I just think, you know, Rafinha is that classic eye test player. And I think that he has definitely delivered on his price tag FPL wise. But eye test says Rafinha is probably one of the most upside uh, picks going into these last two weeks. And I I think that and I I don't I don't want to jump ahead in the running order, but I think Rafinha also has great differential captaincy potential if you want to be hmm. clever going into 37 that's interesting i hadn't thought about him as a as a as a captain option i think that does make sense though um yeah i think that um i i also think that i mean i think rafinha would would i actually haven't compared the the two of them uh harrison rafinha like on like a you know like an opta comparison or whatever but um rafinha has been like an underlying stats favorite basically the entire season um and for a while he was not quite delivering. It was like, we all kind of knew that it was going to happen eventually. And then, and then it really did. I think it was right around, um, I mean, just looking back now, uh, right around like game week 14. And then it was like pretty consistently delivering, you know, like really down the stretch. And then of course, um, you know, he was injured and missed and missed three matches. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and so the comparison to Harrison, you have to, and he also barely played the first three matches the season. So, um, you know, he's got six matches on, on Harrison. Uh, six matches fewer yeah. than Harrison, you know, too. So it's like, um, Josh, I, I, ju- I, I just pulled them yeah. up on the fantasy yeah. football scout comparison tool. And yeah. Harrison has Rafinha beat uh, at 58% overall to Rafinha's hmm. 42 on key stats. And this, this is a little tricky. Like I think where Harrison is beating Rafinha here is, a, is minutes played. Um, Harrison has actually crushes Rafinha in the bonus point system, which is interesting. So while while the tool points to Harrison, I do think that the, it's it's scattered enough where I think you do have to go to the eye test a little bit between these two guys. I agree. I mean, Harrison's not as good. I don't know what I don't know what else to say. Like Rafinha's better. Um, I, I would. I you know Harrison has looked. I I don't know where he pulled this match out of because I feel like he's. I mean, it's not like his, it's not like he's just like fallen off uh, fantasy wise. He had a decent match uh, home to Sheffield in game week thirty. Um, you know, and I guess he had an assist in thirty two. Um, but I mean, you know, I just feel like he is he is like completely fried in my opinion. Yeah. I've watched. I feel like I've watched every Liverpool every Leeds match this season, and I you know I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Rafinha is. Um, is more threatening. He is like, yeah, I would never captain Jack Harrison, for example. Also, Jack Harrison's always liable to get the hook. I feel yeah. like he's been hooked uh, yeah. early several times this season. Here's something I'll tell you, Josh, uh, and, and this is a, a huge vote in favor of Rafinha. Goal attempts. 
this season, goal 63 goal attempts for Rafinha versus 45 for Jack Harrison. Goal attempts in the box for Rafinha, 43 versus 36 for Jack Harrison. So just in terms of opportunities and looks at goal, Rafinha is edging out Harrison. So even though Harrison is currently the goal leader between these two, Rafinha is having more opportunities. So you catch Rafinha on the right match and as we've seen many times this season, as he's just going to blow Harrison's FPL performance out of the water. Okay, so we, we, we're we both on the Rafinha point. We won't beat a bit dead horse here. What about Mason Greenwood? I think he's another player to consider. Is, does that game week 38 rotation risk just... I, I feel like I'm asking a question that I like know what my answer is, uh-huh. but like I, I feel like the game week 38 rotation risk is knocks him down a little bit below Rafinha because I think Rafinha has better fixtures and he is much, much more likely to play both the final two matches. Yeah, I agree. And I think Greenwood is is a in the buy, hold, sell terminology of always cheating. Greenwood right now is a firm mm-hmm. hold. He's not a buy. He's not a sell. I think because that Fulham fixture is enticing and they are playing in front of fans at Old Trafford in 37. I think that that's good enough for me to say, yeah, you definitely have to hold and start Greenwood and come what may going into 37, but I wouldn't be buying him. Certainly not. Yeah, that that's, that's how I feel too. Um, I, you know, and then Joe Willock, I think, is another uh, fun player to consider here um, uh, just because he is so cheap. And, and Newcastle have probably the best two fixtures to end the season. I mean, they play Sheffield United at home and Fulham away. Sheffield United, I don't know where Sheffield United pulled this match out of. Like, Everton did not look good today, but Sheffield United looked quite good i have it was like so weird like i was like what is like where was this team all season like i I honestly like they were defending well they were pressing hard they were intercepting every pass they were blocking everything it was like it had to be their best match of the season they they really played excellently so i but i don't know i mean they that that isn't the Sheffield united we've seen most of this this year so um so i think willock is is worth considering he's kind of on pens i don't know he took a pen uh on friday anyway <laughs> i was after it was after uh maybe after the one he took he'll he'll be off them officially because mm-hmm. joe linton uh struck his his pen a, a lot better earlier on that match um okay so we've named those players is there an mffa player brandon is there is there somebody kind of off the kind of um you know off the like kind of like option yeah. a b c d like the classic options that we should consider here or throw in the throw into the mix yeah i mean i have been i my midfield picks have been so terrible over the last month with foden sigurdsson james madison so i'm a little loath to pick but zaha uh looked fantastic against aston villa he was a little bit flattered by the fact that villa were playing with a, a fictional right back and el Mohammadi, and that just like we were talking about this earlier where um, if you tuned in to that match in the second half, even though Palace were down 2-1, you're like, oh, well, Palace are going to win this match. And I think Sa- mm-hmm. Zaha, Benteke, and Eze are, are, are kind of finishing the season strong. And then I, another uh, miss that I've had, I trans- I've transferred Gareth Bale in at the wrong moments. But if and you said so earlier in this episode, Josh, if you were to target an MFFA pick, Gareth Bale just seems like a um, just go for broke sort of a player that you can bring in and potentially have a cheeky captaincy going to 37 with him. Why not? I like, I like the Bale shot. I think that's, um, 
maybe James Ward Prowse, uh, home to Leeds. I think that I think he could get something um, in that match in 37. I, I think the Leeds probably win, but I think that um, he's been he's been in pretty decent form recently. Uh, picked up another assist yesterday. So um, again, we're just talking about like real like yeah. Not the usual, not the usual suspects. Well, here's one for old time's sake, Josh. How about Thomas Suchek, who plays West Brom in 37 Mm. and West Brom have have had difficulty. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Difficulty defending set pieces, and I feel like Suchek is... He's in a, a long goal drought now since he had that flurry midseason. But Suchek is also one of those midfielders where he's super easy to bring into your team because he is so cheap. And that's a like, you know, ride, yeah. ride again for old time's sake into the sunset. What about um, Saka or Smith Rowe? I feel like I haven't seen those names thrown around at all for um, for down the stretch. I mean, Emil Smith Rowe has two goals and two, um, and mm-hmm. he's incredibly cheap. He's four point two million. So if you are trying to fund a late Harry Kane move, then I think that he is he's a player that you could consider for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, Arsenal have a pretty decent run in as well. I mean, they play uh, Palace away. Um, Palace conceded two goals today. Um, they play uh, Brighton at home in gaming thirty eight. I mean, Brighton have defended well, but they really, they really just honestly have nothing to, to play for now. Um, so I, I, I would certainly favor Arsenal to score a, a goal or two in that match. So um, yeah, I, I mean, and Saka just being like kind of the maybe like Saka being the the Rafinha to uh, Smith Smithrow's uh, Harrison or something. But like, I, I feel like Saka is just such a great player that mm-hmm. I feel like you can't you can't go wrong uh, bringing him into your squad, even though his he has not been delivering a ton of fantasy returns the last few weeks. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com cheating. That's better H-E-L-P and join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com cheating. What do you think about Palace? Um, I mean, I don't think you hold them in high estimation, but Arsenal and Liverpool, peculiar fixtures for them. But I, I just think both Arsenal and Liverpool have very dicey defenses. Uh, and even though they, they don't look like uh, good on paper fixtures, mm-hmm. is is Palace anything right now? I don't know. I mean, that Liverpool away match in 38 is really rough for them, right? Because Liverpool are like game week 38 is typically a pretty open, you know, game week, but that one could very well be like a one nil match for Liverpool, right? Like if yeah. they like they, you know, there's a very good chance that if they win that match, they're in the champions league. So they it could be a, a, it could be a revenge match for when palace effectively took the title away from that. Brendan Rogers managed Liverpool team. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The famous, uh, uh three, three draw, I yeah, think so, was, was how, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, so they, I think that one is, is not great for them. Um, and I think Arsenal at home is fine. I think they probably, um, have to favor them to win that match. Right. I mean, uh, Benteke looks so good. I don't know where this Benteke has been for years, literally yeah. like four years. We have not seen this. And, and now he looks like he actually looks good too. It doesn't feel fluky at all. I mean, mm-hmm. he climbed on Courtney house's back to score, <laughs> uh, to score his goal today. And yeah. I mean, it was just like, he was an, he's an, he's a very much informed player. He really should have had a brace. He, I uh, hit the uh, hit the crossbar, like, and he and he was really heads up too. Uh, when Palace was on the break, he was controlling the ball and putting his fellow teammates in. And yeah, I I agree. He's he looks like a player reborn. Yeah, shout out to our friend Tom Cantle, by the way, who's one of the few people I know who actually brought in Benteke uh, down the stretch here. So all right, so I think I think we're really in the uh, the Rafinha camp. If you already have Rafinha, I would consider. Mason Greenwood, even with the game week 38 risk, if you want to be different, I would, I, you know, we would name a bunch of players, but I, I think, I think that Arsenal duo uh, is, I think he like someone like Saka just feels like a real MFFA pick. That's mm-hmm. no one's going to have him, you know, mm-hmm. no one. And, and there's, there's definitely some upside there. Um, all right. So FPL Plonker says uh, with fans returning as a reminder, we will have fans for 37, 38, should we favor teams playing at home this game week for our starting 11 and for our captaincy? It's a really interesting question. Yeah, this question is one that I don't want to find myself overthinking because, yes, obviously, I think fans back in the stands uh, at whatever capacity, and we saw it around the holidays when it briefly happened to, you know, specifically people will think about that initial Fulham performance against Liverpool with the one, one draw and it was just an incredible home performance in front of their, their fans for Fulham. However, uh, I, I just think we know what we know. I, I don't think I would want to change my strategy and my thinking in 37 and 38, just based on, um, 
the this these fan theories alone i think i think the the teams are still the teams the players are still the players so i mean is if you look at game week 37 i would say is manchester united playing at home to fulham enough for me to give the armband to bruno over sala or over uh over harry kane yeah i don't know convince me that it is josh well, I it's funny. Uh, I'm really seriously debating that that right now, um, and I, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Bruno to be to be quite honest, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it puts me right in that fear that fear territory again. I mean, if I if I end up going with Masala, it will be a very reasonable pick for for lots of reasons. Um, they have a lot to play for right now. Um, he has been uh, in good form. He really, um, I mean, that goal he took the goal he scored today was really impressive, and mm-hmm. uh, he was setting up his teammates left and right. It was absolutely, it was insane <laughs> that mm-hmm. he only, that's, that's why, you know, Mo Salah very rarely gets three bonus when he only scores a goal because mm-hmm. he gets dispossessed a lot and stuff, but he really had a fine match. And, uh, um, you know, was, was lucky, a little unlucky to only get one attacking return in my opinion. So I think that he is, he's a great pick as well, but yeah, I think, you know, I think of home to, I mean, man, United is a slightly different category, right? Because, um, there's this weird, I mean, like, what are the fans going to be like there? You know, I mean, like they, yeah. they basically, they just tried to stop a match from happening. Yeah. Right. They're so not happy. Do they just, yeah. Do they just show up and, and tear out the seats or something? Like it's, you know, it could be a real mess. So, um, you know, so I, I kind of hadn't even thought about that actually until we started talking about it, but I, yeah, I mean, man, you might be the one team that really don't have a, don't get boosted, uh, by having supporters, um, you know, on the grounds. I mean, I hope that's not true, but, um, so, you know, I mean, I'm not, which is not to get into the, you know, the, the context of the, of the complaints about the, the Glazers, which I completely agree with, mm-hmm. you know, I, sure. whole, I wholeheartedly endorse the sentiment. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. I don't necessarily endorse the carjackings and, and slash tires, but you it's know, not it's not great. A, that's a different, that's a different, uh, yeah, exactly. But whatever, you know, it's, it's like no one died. It's, it's fine. Like we can all <laughs> move on and not get too, too worked up about it. Um, so, but I, I mean, for example, like uh, Brighton, uh, host Man City and gave me 38. And so you're going to have 10,000 fans, no, no away supporters either, just home fans for these, mm-hmm. these, um, final two fixtures. So you're going to have whatever it might be, 10,000 fans at the MX there, there to support Brighton, cheering them on. They've not Brighton have not had these fans there the entire season. And I, 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 you, I, I think it could boost them a little bit. Right. I mean, you know, I think that you could see, um, a, a little bit of an edge there. I mean, I just, so, you know, just looking, lo- looking down the line here, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not sure like, you know, Crystal Palace host Arsenal, maybe that does give Palace a boost too, right. They've got this great stadium and it's, it's pretty yeah. intimate there. And, uh, I don't know. Based on home fans, you've got three candidates for captaincy, obvious ones, going into 37. You have Bruno hosting Fulham. You have Dominic Calvert-Lewin hosting Wolves. And you have Harry Kane hosting Aston Villa. So if you want to go on the home fan theory, I think those are your three options. Now, you know, then you think, well, Villa's defense can be kind of stingy, but you know, they, they do have some injuries at the moment, so that does augur well for Harry Kane. Everton coming off of a like a just an awful performance against Sheffield United, probably scare a lot of people off Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and, and you just laid out all the doubts about uh, what this home fixture means for, for Bruno. So you know, suddenly you land on Harry Kane. 
I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, would you would you consider Kane at all, Brandon? Like, is he somebody that you would, you know? Yeah, right now on my bus team, I have the armband on Mo Salah and the vice captaincy on Bruno. I, mm-hmm. I, I think right now for me, Harry Kane feels like a win even without the armband. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a strange, strange sure. way to view Harry Kane because uh, he is one of those great FPL assets that when he returns, like he, he almost universally returns bonus points as well. And that is where right. the, you know, right. the captaincy really does explode and, and work really well for you. So I guess I can't really make a true case against Harry Kane. I clearly just need to think about it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I guess the case would just be that um, uh, Mings apparently is going to be back for 37, that uh, Villa generally defend pretty well. I mean, I you know, it was sort of, uh, you wonder if they, I mean, the, Al-Muhammadi is uh, like a real problem. Like He's I was washed up. Twi- yeah, he, he turned away, you know, on that goal. I mean, yeah. really, they really should have called an own goal just for the the cowardice of it and you know i mean he it's just like i mean he like he he's like a once like he's been around forever right i mean it's yeah. like you know like it's it's he's he's, he's their back I, i'm not going to get too too on villa for their backup right back but it does feel like there's been multiple times this season where you're like man if they had anyone better than al muhammad they might be winning this match you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um so yeah who knew you know get a better backup right back brandon i think that's uh that's that's one thing for them to prioritize another well something we haven't talked about and i think will impact how you feel about spurs going into game week 37 is the appearance of bizarro deli ali is like i've been Mm -hmm. i've been here uh playing fifa uh the video game where you're, you're kind of not enjoying the game so you just go and you change your character's hairstyle like either the color of their hair you switch from long sleeve to short sleeve and it feels like Deli Ali just went into FIFA character building mode and just changed a few mm-hmm. key aspects of himself just to give himself a fresh start um but he, he looks, looks completely different yeah it's weird it was also a an incredibly strange performance against wolves from him it was like i didn't think he looked yeah. necessarily bad I, I i did think he looked like woefully out of sync yeah he had a he had a fun yeah i think i think out of sync is the perfect word because he did some individual things that were cool it didn't seem like it really helped yeah. <laughs> the spurs win that match <laughs> mm-hmm. but he looked cool doing him uh missed an incredible chance uh oh my god like what well, it doesn't get easier than, than yeah. the, the it was just a crazy moment i mean uh, you know i i actually thought that kane uh hit the um hit the post mm-hmm. just with his shot. And I didn't know that Patricia had made a really incredible save yep. until, um, until you, you the slow-mo you replay the, revealed the it for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, you know, just back on the Al-Mahamadi thing for a minute, I hadn't really thought about this, but I mean, you're going to have son attacking Al-Mahamadi's flank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maddie cash has a hamstring injury. He's, they said he's, uh, the site says he's out until May 27th, and that is five days after the season ends. He's so cooked. I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's cooked. So I think um, you could make a case for, for mm-hmm. Sun um, yeah. just attacking that. I mean, basically, like, he could do what Zaha just did today, right? Yeah. Which is just destroy El Mahamadi. I feel bad <laughs> about the cowardice thing, okay? Like, I don't know I don't know him, okay? You know, he's he's a... Yeah, he's like he's like our age. You know, yeah. it's like if you're our age and you're playing a match and a ball is coming at you at, you know, 
60 miles per hour, like I would turn away too. I totally get that. You know, you got, you got a family at home, Brandon. <laughs> when you see the next one star <laughs> review hit our iTunes page, you, you know, it's coming from somebody uh, who knows El Maha, El Mahomedy or That's him himself. True. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right regarding Spurs attacking Villa's left and also Reggaeon being a decent pickup going into 37 or if you have him you know, play him with play reggie on with purpose in your fpl team this week yeah I, yeah he, i thought he had some nice moments uh too i think that he's he's a fun player to target god i just really i do wish that i had kane uh, down the stretch and I, I, i'm gonna keep trying to figure out how to do it if i can do it for a minus four i'd probably do it mm-hmm. um that minus four just can't involve me dropping bruno because i'm not gonna drop bruno before a home match to, yeah. to fall on i'm just I, no. i'm not that scared of kane um all right, a couple more questions here. Um, we classic seven questions, but we went long on like the first three, so now I want to blast through the final couple. Sure. Um, Boston Prof says, uh, "Who is the best non-traditional captain for Game Week 37? Hey, we just answered that, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I think Hungman Sun is a great. Uh, I mean, okay, when we say non-traditional, I mean yeah, you could say like uh, Rafinha or something, but like if we're like in the realm of like realistic captain picks, uh-huh. like if it's like a range of like ten or so, I, I think Sun is probably like tenth on that list, but he actually could be um, one of the strongest. And he had a, he was, had a weird match day where he was kind of like very much in like a release valve mode where it was sort of like he would reset the player mm-hmm. if things were kind of out of control, they would sort of pass it over to him, and he would kind of reset reset the play a little bit, but. Um, I mean, it's not like he's like, you know, out of form by, by any means. I mean, Sun has, um, you know, he had three goals and one assist in the three matches prior to today. Right. I mean, he had a total of what was it? 29 points uh, in, in three matches going into today. So, I mean, you know, so it's just a kind of like he has not gone very many matches without returning uh, this season. And so um, I'm like almost talking myself into Sun right now. I okay. actually think he really could be a, a great, a great captain pick. So I think that would be my non-traditional. Does anyone else come to mind, Brandon, as a non-traditional captain pick? Oh, yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold, is. Just, he's been on fire the That's last two game weeks. He looked incredible against West Brom. And it was like, it was almost like everything was going through him. He was he was crossing from both sides of the pitch. And almost he was yeah. clear through on goal and just kind of lifted the ball up over over the frame. He had some adrenaline moments, I think, yeah. today where yeah. he, just, he got a little um, – I think he got a little too amped up. But, I mean, your concern with the Liverpool defense and the possibility of a clean sheet is because their central defense is uh, pretty pretty raw. Uh, even still. One, basically. Yeah, yeah, right. Precisely. It's it's squishy in the middle. But I, I think still Burnley uh, is is a is a, a big clean sheet potential and just the attacking form that Trent's in. I think he's a great differential pick. Yeah, I, I think he, I think that's a really good shout as well. Um, and uh, yeah, Andy Robertson, man, like he's remember when he was like the first half of the season, he was the guy. And I, I think he just played too many matches. I mean, yeah, it feels like he's a little he's a little fried. Yeah. Uh, or you know, probably part of it is he has to cover for those for the lack of central defenders um, too. It seems like he's he's been tasked with that I think a little more than uh, than than Trent. I think mm-hmm. we know that Trent can't really you know uh, do it. Defend. Um, yeah. Um, all right, let's go to. Um, Okay, I've got two more questions here, Brandon, okay? Mm-hmm. Peter Oleski says, I need to jump from 140K to 65K. It's very specific, but I, <laughs> yeah. I'll keep, we'll, let's keep it in here. Okay. Uh, it says, to keep my perfect improving every year record. Mm. That is a, that's a fun record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I've never been able to do it, but I like that as an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, I don't mind hits. My mini leagues are already won. Jeez. Wow, Peter, this, is a, this uh, is a no yeah. humble brag podcast, Peter. <laughs> he says, how do I do it? Give me the craziest end game strategy that just might work. So again, to re- to recap, 
He's at 140K. He wants to get to 65K. So he's got to jump. He basically has to jump like mm. 75,000 spots yeah. with two matches left. How would you suggest that Peter do that, Brandon? I mean, the only way I think you can do that is to take wild swings with your armband. And the, the problem yeah. at that in that band of overall rank is that team similarity becomes a real problem and you can yeah. you know you can try to be different with like your like your your good suggestion of captaining son Josh and maybe that is the way to go but i'm thinking of like even because that's such a jump uh, mm-hmm. it's like i think you have to go even more different i think you do have to start looking at players like Bamford and Rafinha and hoping they just have some they they score a hat trick like yeah. the only way it's going to happen is if you captain a rando who gets a hat trick yeah, I'm trying to think of like who a rando. Like if you, you know, like maybe like you try to find a way to bring in like a Sadio Mane, right? Mm-hmm. It's like who's out there that nobody owns really that um yeah. that that could score 20 points in a game week. It happened many, really. yeah, it happened last season with Mikel Antonio against Norwich where he scored four right. goals and um that's the target that you want. That that that's the move that you want to target for that kind of a leap. Yeah. I think uh yeah, maybe maybe Marcus Rashford um, again. That, that game week thirty eight is a little bit of a worry, but you know he's another player who who could get huge returns, right? Who um, just has kind of his price points made him. Yeah, it's like look for players in weird price points, right? Like players who are just hard to bring in because uh-huh. they're like a little too expensive. But you know, like Danny Ings, you know, I know mm-hmm. he got pulled off early. Um, this week. well, maybe that helps him actually in a way, right? Um, so you know, Ings Ings at home to Leeds, like that's a you know like. It would not stun me if he scored a hat trick at home to Leeds. Like it's not likely, right? If it was likely, we'd all be bringing him in. But like, it's would not shock me. Stranger things, Josh. Yeah, exactly. Season four coming uh, coming this summer. (laughs) Um, Would that be amazing if if Stranger Things season four and their new friend was Danny Ings just hanging out at the mall playing (laughs) playing like centipede or something? You could believe it. I I would believe like his look. I feel like his look would fit like 1988 or something, Uh right? Like sure. I don't know. I don't know. He's like, he's got like kind of like the lad's haircut. Like you could see him be like, you know, like really into like madness or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> all right. Um, so, but yeah, I think Peter, uh, I mean, you know, outside of the counter thing, I mean, it's just not like a, there's not like one transfer you can do. That's going to jump you 30,000 spots. If there were, then, then you and I would do it. I, 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 you know, the one thing I've said before is that when you're trying to make up ground and you want to be different, the thing to look for is uh, imbalance. So if you, um, you know, if there's a way for you to triple up on a defense, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that, that can be one way to do it because you can just, um, if it, if it pans out, right, you could be looking at, you know, 20 plus points, uh, just mm-hmm. from, from, you know, three defenders. So I think that, um, that's, that would, that's one thing I might try to look at too, is are there, are there ways to make my team in balanced that could, um, you know, net some, some big returns. So, uh, you know, like, I think like, I mean, uh, one suggestion would be, I don't know, like triple up on you know, like, like, I don't know. I mean, like getting like Rabo and, and Trent, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I just talked about how Rabo is, is, is uh, down a little bit, but I think that um, these matches are so important to them down the stretch that I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's always, I mean, Ro- Robertson is always a threat to get a couple of assists and, 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 and you know, they, and they should have a decent chance of clean sheets yeah. in both these matches too. So there, the, the move would be Robertson, Trent and Mane. The Liverpool triple up right there. Yeah. 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 I think I like that. I mean, there's no other like midfielders. I think feel like he could trust. I mean, I guess you could go for like Roberto Firmino or something right now that Jota's out. I guess he's going to start all those matches. So had a brace last week. 
Um, all right. Final question is, uh, I like this one because it's like a very specific, most of these questions have a big picture. Then I've got one very specific one that I just tossed at the end. Uh, it's from CG. He says, please choose one 7 million or cheaper striker for the rest of the season. One, one striker. Brandon. Okay. 7 million or less. I mean, I, I think it's Patrick Bamford though. I've just, I've had concerns about Bamford for the last like two months where he's just he just mm-hmm. feels like he's cooled off from the heights. Like yeah. he, he peaked maybe three or four months ago this season. Yeah. But as, as we've said, the Leeds fixtures are just really good. And even when Bamford's form dips dramatically, he still keeps getting the starts. Rodrigo's coming in and yeah. doing a job, but I, I do think that Bielsa likes Bamford enough that he's not going to take that starting 11 position away from him until maybe they sign another striker this summer. I don't know. So I, I think Bamford is the pick. Given your luck, Brennan, this season, I, I'm, the, the game week Thursday will be the week where um, Rodrigo gets a start yeah. over Bamford. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, and I guess I don't know that he wants to end the season effectively benching Bamford down the stretch. Um, I don't think that – Bamford is, seems like kind of a confidence player, right? And mm-hmm. so I don't know that you want to go into next year with him kind of worried about whether he's um, still fit, you know, at, mm-hmm. at Leeds. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that Antonio is an interesting one. I, I don't really know. Uh, on the one hand, their fixtures are very good, uh, extremely good. Probably, I, I would say, arguably the best of any um, um, of any of like the kind of forward spot players that we're considering. Um, they play away to West Brom and home to Southampton. But just like, it feels like it, it feels like they're out of gas, that West Ham team. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like they... They tried their best. They really, um, they've, they've had a great season. I think, you know, they, they should really be um, happy with how things have gone. And if they, you know, if they can re-sign um, or sign uh, Lingard, um, then I think, you know, they could really feel kind of excited about what's going to happen uh, next season. But, you know, they've still, they've lost, you know, three of their last five. Um, and uh, Antonio is just such, such an injury risk as well. And if you, if you already have Lingard in your squad, which most of us do, then suddenly you're, you're doubling up with Lingard and Antonio. And I'm just not like totally sure I want to have double West Ham. I like five weeks ago I did, but now I'm not, I'm not so <laughs> sure, you know, that I still want that. So that's, that's what's throwing me off a little bit. I, I just in general, getting players when once they've come back from injury, it's just something I'm, I'm a little like, uh, I really have to be like, like really gung-ho and excited about it to, 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 to pull the trigger. And let's say Patrick Bamford, how many goals is he on for the season? He, he has 15 league goals, 10 assists. Man, that's such a great return. Um, it feels like a cop out to like go to the transfer page of the FPL site and pick the highest points getting forward under 7 million. But you know, that's where we're at. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I actually think it's, it's kind of hard to pick. Um, like there, there's like a real mix of, of good and bad. I mean, Watkins uh, doesn't have great fixtures. I'll actually now like after seeing what uh, Troyori did to Spurs today, I'm, I'm, I'm not as worried about Watkins. If I, if I end up playing him in, in 37, uh, 38, they, they play home to Chelsea. And I, I just obviously don't, don't love that fixture uh, mm-hmm. for him. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I guess like Chris Wood has to be up there too. Um, I mean, you know, Burnley have, um, especially especially in game week thirty eight. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a real mix. And Benteke, I mean, yeah, I mean Benteke too. But I, you know, I think we already talked about Palace's fixtures. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I was really all about a Agor- Like I know he's, I know, you know, now that we're just talking about forwards for a second here, like I was, I was really on the, like bringing Aguero for game week 38, like yeah. captain him. Yeah. But now I'm, now I'm not so sure. I don't know. I mean, like it, how many minutes does he play in that match? Right. It's just like, it's hard. No, to, that's a well match, but yeah. <laughs> sadly off the table. It It is sad. It, and you just have to you have to gauge the player's form too. And Aguero, uh, maybe he takes like a, a ceremonial penalty or something in game week thirty eight. But it does. Well, I don't know. There's not hey. even there's there's not even a fo- there's not even a foul in the box. They're just like <laughs> yeah. give it to him. Just give it to him. <laughs> and that does go back to Peter's question though. Like if you if you're trying to find some sort of a narrative that can help you explode fifty thousand ranks, uh, then captaining aguero it's possible yeah i I mean just like which one did which matches they start you know it's like it's just like it's too it's too stressful he's been too injured this season i'm sure he's going to play in 38 but it's hard for me to measure him playing the full 90 right it just doesn't seem likely um all right so yeah a mixed bag basically i actually hate my forwards for for 38 uh for for like down the stretch here i mean again i i really wish i'd gone with kane uh (laughs) because now i'm in this position where i i don't mind them for for i mean for 37 i don't mind having calvert lewin um for sure um felt better before today's match but um yeah and then i've got i've got watkins and um i have ian acho and i don't mind I think in game week 38, um, starting Ianacho at home to Spurs, I think that's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just not um, enamored with Spurs defense. I think he could score there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess if I were to look at my final transfers for the season, I suspect one of them will be uh, a midfield transfer. One of them will be a forward transfer. And my defenders, I'm just going to hope, I guess, that Luke Shaw plays both matches. Um, and I don't have to get resort to, to – Dan Byrne away to Arsenal in game week 38. That does not seem very fun to me. What would you play in game week 38? Would you play uh, Dan Byrne at Arsenal or would you play Lucas Dean at Man City? Well, I mean, I guess conventional wisdom would be the attacking upside of Lucas Dean where, you know, you could always, you know, put a cross in. And as we've been talking about the, the rotation for city at, you know, they, you, you you see when you've got the city B team where it's Nathan Ake and Gar- Eric Garcia, like, they're mm-hmm. just letting goals in for fun <laughs> against Newcastle. So I, yeah. I don't hate, I don't hate Everton in game week 38 against a heavily rotated city defense. So I think Dean is the way to go. That's not like, it's not like Arsenal or, or the goals aren't flying in for Arsenal either. So Dan, yeah. Dan Byrne. I, I, th- I don't think they're ter- so, yeah. terrible choices, but I go Dean in that situation. I, I know. I feel like we're being very contradictory here. I'm like big up in Arsenal's defense, and then I'm like, hey, maybe I'll play Dan Byrne away to Arsenal because <laughs> they can't score a lot. And, I, and I'm talking about how Rabo's exhausted, and then I'm like, hey, maybe if you want to be different, go for Rabo. But I, I, I think it underscores um, that – you have a real mixed bag of fixtures down the stretch. And there are, there are very few teams that really have a good run of fixtures. You have Liverpool, Leeds, um, West Ham. I mean, you have, you have Newcastle and Sheffield United, but I don't think either of us really want to touch those two teams. Um, Arsenal's fixtures are okay. You know, I mean, we haven't talked about Chelsea or Leicester at all, but I mean, Chelsea, I mean, Leicester play away to, away to uh, Chelsea and home to Spurs, the final two matches. I mean, that's, that's not 
great at all, you know? So, um, that's tricky. And Lester, I think are going to be playing for that one point that they need, as you said, Josh. So I don't think that, I mean, you know, scoring a goal, Lester scoring a goal is a great way for them to play defense, but I don't I do think that they're going to try to keep it very, very tight in those matches. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I suppose if they, I mean, if they got one point and then they did lose to Spurs, I suppose, there are, I mean, there's just a lot of different scenarios, really. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's, the, I do, th- I would certainly favor Leicester to, um, to beat um, Spurs at home in Game Week 38. I would, I would, I would strongly suspect that that's how that happened. I mean, they, you know, I mean, they're, um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I was pretty impressed with how they played yesterday, right? That's a yeah. that's huge cup final against Chelsea. Chelsea played a full strength squad. It was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they, and they beat them 1 0. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, do, you, do you think it has any, like the cycle, the psychology there, do you, does that make Chelsea more likely to win at midweek? I mean, I, I feel like I, I don't really know, like, I don't have like any great thoughts about the, that kind of stuff, you know, like whether that actually yeah. makes a difference or not. You know? I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it does. And if you like what we know about Tuchel is that he's just a very regimented, tactically minded manager. He's not a uh, Jurgen Klopp type that is going to use a moment like that FA cup final to Jeep, people up or change them emotionally right. uh yeah I, I i don't i don't think it changes chelsea's approach at all i think for lester uh, i think it's more of i think it's more of a thing for lester and it's a more a positive thing like the confidence that they have they're fa cup champions that's I mean, true the, the injury yeah. to johnny evans i don't how how bad was the injury to johnny evans like i think that would be a worry for me because he's been so talismanic for them at the back yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, he limped up, but they still kept a clean sheet even with him limping up in the, yep. in the 30th minute. So that Chelsea team is kind of strange. You know, I mean, clearly like just loaded with talent, but um, it's it's a little surprising so that they made a Champions League final, right? It feels like they haven't, they don't, like, I'm surprised that like they were able to get all those puzzle pieces together, um, mm-hmm. you know, in time to, in time to, um, to, to beat Real Madrid. And I, I, you know, maybe it was just the right year for it or something, it's, but it was just, uh, it feels it, like there's, yeah, it's a replay of the Roberto uh, Di Matteo. Uh, wasn't that there like yeah. uh, subbed in manager. Yeah. Um, and he it took yeah. on the back of uh, Fernando Torres goal against uh, Barcelona. And uh, mm-hmm. they went on yeah. to win the champions league. So it's like, Chelsea wins the Champions League on these oddball seasons. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you and I watched that one together. I remember it was yeah. uh, we were in um, Montauk, New York. Um, that Wasn't was, that, that the? Point. I think that when we were in Montauk, that was the Drogba against Bayern Munich. Uh, oh, right, because was. that was the final. Of yep. course, I'm right. totally yep. focused on the the semifinal against the Barcelona. Semifinal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The open net uh, mm-hmm. late. Yeah, that was a great, great moment. Um, even even as a Spurs fan, but or I mean as a Chelsea fan, but it's just a fun, it was a great moment. Um, all right, so that's the pod. Uh, we'll be doing a Patreon pod. I don't know, probably Wednesday or Thursday to be determined. Maybe we'll talk to our uh, Patreon supporters and see which day they prefer. But uh, we'll be doing a preview pod for them. Uh, for everyone else, we will be back next Sunday uh, for our season wrap up podcast. I can't believe. We're here, but Brandon, this this is it. This is our final uh, strategy session of the season, and so yeah. um, you know we, you know, for I know some people are doing the fantasy Euro stuff. You and I have have been down this road before yeah. uh, with with fantasy, actually with fantasy Euros and fantasy World Cup, and um, we have found that the engagement level doesn't stay super high a lot of the time. No. So I think we're planning to. Um, 
just enjoy the World Cup. Maybe do some pods um, in between, but really uh, get back and and you know, like when the when you know when the uh, when the game relaunches, you know, probably sometime in July. I think that's when we'll yeah. be uh, you know really back in full force. But we're really enjoying these locker room live locker room chats on Friday, so I think that's probably going to be something that we're going to lean on in terms of just just getting at our fans during the Euros. So look out for us all over social for when we're going to be doing those live locker room chats. You can actually get involved, get on the shows with us, chat with us, and you know we can talk about the Euros or whatever else it is that you want to talk about. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, Brandon, do you want to uh, thank our Patreon supporters? Oh, I do. And speaking of locker room, I was just so I was just so happy to talk to our producer, Mike DiPietro, on Friday on our locker room. And and he is so good at reminding us of the, of the responsibilities that he cherishes as a producer. So this week, I'm actually promoting Mike DiPietro to the pole position on our producer list. So we're going to go ahead and go ahead and do that for Mike. Sorry, Trevor. Um, so. Here goes the the thank yous for our producers, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forbrick-Skoging, Paul Hertzig, Kaya Christine LeLang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Future Media Group FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjoya, Rom Frosk, and AJ. Don't forget, and listen, All it's right. the it's the end of the season. Go ahead, leave your final rating and review, and it better be five stars on Apple Podcast and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. Follow us all over social media. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all that information, including our online gift shop that, Josh, you called out at the start of the show, visit us at alwayscheating.com. Perfect. And, a, and an extra bonus shout out to producer Ben Sweeney, by the way, who I uh, who I ended up uh, yelling at on Twitter, um, as is my uh, occasional <laughs> want. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, it's I, I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to the the. You know the the final. I mean, I think it's gonna be fascinating. Um, you know, down the stretch, fantasy wise, I think there's some really tough decisions to make, um, especially if you are not just gonna captain Salah every week. I think there's really some some interesting choices to be made. Totally agree. Uh, totally agree. So good luck to everyone, and we'll see you on the other side. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.